Good evening. I'm uh, so thankful that you've come tonight. I just want to say uh, real quick that we had an awesome time at Rockbridge. Uh, thank you for all that came out. It was a great time. Ben sang America the Beautiful, uh, such a great song and, and really uh, appropriate for this time. Uh, remember the people in Paris and remember the situation that we've uh, got going on in the world today, but uh, I appreciate what Tim said, and it's not only for me, but for all of us, the challenge is to preach Christ and Him crucified. That is what will change this world. When we preach Christ and we preach Him crucified, that's how people's lives can be changed. And, and, and you know, uh, when I hear that America the Beautiful, it makes me emotional still. Uh, even when we had that prayer for America or the, 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 situa the uh, Wednesday night Devo on America, you know, we did a couple, can't even say it how we did it, whatever it was when we talked about America. Uh, it's, it's good to think about our country. It's good to think about uh, how we can change our country back to... Uh, where it needs to be. You know, Sammy was talking about in Bible class, one generation can change it, either for the good or for the bad. And here we are, we have these young kids, and we have a chance to, us older ones, be able to change uh, uh, America and change the church and change the body of Christ. Uh, Rich Shockley talked, had a devo over there, and he was talking about spiritual terrorism. And we're, we're faced with spiritual terrorism. Y'all know about spiritual terrorism, don't you? Uh, some of y'all have been attacked by Satan, haven't you? Uh, have you ever been attacked by Satan and know that feeling and know how it feels when uh, he's a hater and he doesn't want you to be able to uh, do anything? He wants you to always be beat down and be sad and never be happy about anything. You ever felt like that or, or, or are y'all just happy all the time? I, I suffer, I struggle sometimes, and I know that Satan is trying to bring me down, but guess what? I'll say it till I go see the Lord someday. My God is big, and He's real big. Amen? Yours too? Uh, if you would, turn with me to, I'm pumped up, you know, I'm glad to be here. I mean, are y'all excited to get to open God's Word and think about how awesome He is? Uh, turn with me to Luke. Chapter 12. I'm just not even going to preach my lesson. I got something else I'm going to talk about now. I'm just like, let's just talk about Jesus and about how he died on the cross. How about that? We don't have to talk about anything else, just like Tim said. Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross for us. That's enough, ain't it? That's enough for me to be excited to go tell somebody else about it and live my life all the time for Him. And that's exactly what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about being a faithful and wise steward. Luke chapter 12, the verses 35 through 48. You know... Uh, James 4.8 tells us that when we draw near to God, 
He draws near to us. Let's draw near to God this evening. Let's draw near to Him and, and let's, let's get a uh, close relationship with Him and see how we can grow in our spiritual walk and see how we can grow in our, our spiritual lives. The Bible says, Luke 12, 35, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, and when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, and this is where I want my focus to be for the lesson, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does, is not looking for him. And at an hour when he's not aware, and will cut him in two, and appoint him his portion with his unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself to do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But to he who did not know, yet committed these committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone whom much is given, from him much will be required." And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. Jesus is talking to the disciples about being a faithful steward. A steward is a, a manager over household affairs, a manager over something that's been given to them. I, I want you to take care of this for me. And I want you to... Uh, as he says, have your waist be girded and your lamps burning. You know, there's many ways to go about talking about a steward. And you think about the apostles. And you think about what uh, Jesus gave them stewards to be over. They gave, he gave them the uh, stewardship to be over preaching the gospel and proclaiming it to all the people around so they could uh, further the truth. And only that doctrine was going to be teached. 
You think about the elders in the church. You think what there have to be stewards over the sheep, over us, right? They have to be over the flock. You think about the deacons. You think about the, the jobs that they're assigned to do. Are they good stewards of the jobs that they're assigned to do? And you think about us. You think about sheep. God has given us things, really everything that you have, your car, your house, your clothes, anything that your family, anything that you have, God has allowed you to have. And you are a steward over that. The question is, what kind of steward are you? I, I, this week and the next two Sunday nights, I want to talk about uh, being a faithful and wise steward. And, and I want to talk about three things in our lives. Our time is what I want to talk about tonight. Next week, I want to talk about our gifts or our talents. And then the following week, I want to talk about our treasures or our what are we looking for? What's our goals? And how we're stewards of those. It's very interesting to make sure that we understand we are stewards. For our glory or for God's glory? That's the question. And you have to think about your life. And I want to talk about our time. I want to talk about the time that we just have in a day. I want to read this poem to you. Time is a gift that is given to us and with it a chance to choose the right way to handle it and the proper way to use. For some, it is unwisely spent, useless and carefree, just a passing moment that was never meant to be. Others hold it dear to them and savor it each day, for they came, they have come to realize how quickly time can pass away. Now I once spoke to an elderly woman who made me aware of the cost. She informed me if I didn't use my time constructively, I'd wake up and find it lost. For time is so precious. What is spent becomes a memory in the end. And what we've lost and what we've wasted becomes a question of what might have been. Think about your time. Think about your time that has already passed in your life. Think about opportunities that you've had to maybe further the kingdom or make the right decision, and you didn't. Think about those times that you were faced with any type of situation to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And here it is, it's passed away. Listen to this one. A couple quotes I got for y'all. You have 86,400, and Erin got me straightened out on this one. I said it wrong to her, and she told me that I didn't say it right. So this is a fixed quote, so it is good, okay? You have 86,400 seconds in the day. How will you spend it? I like this one. The bad news is time flies. But the good news is, you're the pilot. You driving. How do you spend your time? For Christians, it should be very important how we spend our time. 
There's a quote I asked Isaac, and he said that it still is a quote that young kids say. He added something to it. I don't know what he added. But the quote is, it's Y-O-L-O, all capitals, YOLO. I don't know if y'all are familiar with this, but I'm fixing to let y'all in on it. You only live once. And the, and the way that this thought process goes is you only live once, so live life to the fullest. Do whatever pleases you and live it to the fullest because you only live once. And as I was preparing for this lesson, I, I thought about that and I thought, can a Christian use that motto? You only live once? I thought, well... Maybe to a certain extent, you do only live once, right? Hebrews 9.27 says, uh, It's appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So when we live our lives, how do we spend our time? To the fullest, doing crazy things, or are we middle of the road? Sometimes we do crazy things, and sometimes we do stuff for God. How do we spend our time? I think about Romans 5, 6, and I think about how God spent His time. For when we were still without strength, in due time... Christ died for the ungodly. God made time for us. We should be able to make time for Him, right? And I'm not here preaching that every single one of us in here is not putting God in our timetable of life. But what I want to encourage us to do is we all can improve in certain areas. And I want to talk about some areas that we can maybe improve in. We have got to make sure, and I talked about this last week, and it's probably like, man, this is all you talk about. You bark up his tree every time you get up here. But that's all right. I'll take that. I love y'all, all right? Because I needed to be reminded of this. It's probably the reason why I bring this up all the time is because I needed to be reminded of this the most. That we've got to make sure we are here on the Lord's Day. We've got to be good stewards of our time and plan. And it's not like we talked in class with Sammy maybe last week. It's not, are we going to church today? Are are we going to go to church today? It's not that question from the kids. It's an automatic. They know where we're going. It's time to be with the Lord. It's time to go worship with the Lord and assemble with the saints. Think about why God does this. It's not just so you can come and obey the rule. Think about why you come and do it. You get to worship Him. You get to partake of the Lord's Supper every single week. And you get to think about what He did for us. Uh, Isn't that right? Preach Christ and Him crucified, right? Every single week you get to come and actually partake in the Lord's Supper. 
you get to take His bread and you get to remember His body. You get to take the fruit of the vine and you get to remember His blood and this new covenant, this awesome covenant that you get to be a part of because of how much Jesus loved you and how much time He took out of His schedule to say, you know what? I love these people. And I want to make a way that we can be a family again. But we get to be together. You know, sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I don't have things that go good in my life. And, and it's really good for me to be able to come and be encouraged and give somebody a five and give somebody a hug. I know this is repetitive, but I don't care. It's true. It's why God set it up. God wants us to be able to assemble together so we can encourage each other. We need to set aside time to be here on Wednesday nights. Think about why. It's the middle of the week. The elders have set aside a time during the middle of the week where we can come together and we can have Bible study. We can talk about God. Man, I've had a rough week at work, man. I heard Melanie, we were having a Bible study yesterday and and she said, you know, uh, sometimes when I come in, I'm tired. But by the time that I leave, I feel better because what I've done is I've studied God's Word. I've drawn nearer to God. And guess what? When you draw nearer to God, He draws near to you. But how do you spend your time? How's your schedule? There's 24 hours in the day. I know sleep is involved in that. And I wish, uh, probably like all of you, that I could add a couple hours of the day somewhere. Where I could get in some chill time, some relaxed time, right? Chill time is like a 15-minute deal out of the whole day probably, right? You get to be here for somebody when they're going through a tough time. And somebody will be here for you when you're going through a tough time. That's how it should be. But you have to set the time aside to say no matter what, we're going to be here on these amounts of time. Because you know what? Let's say that you don't have a great personal study at your house. You're not a great person that can study on their own. Let's say that you can't open up the Bible and read a chapter every day. You're not good at that. You're not consistent of that. Look at what God has set up for you. He set up a Sunday, a Sunday night, and a Wednesday night for you to come and do that. You can come and do that and grow spiritually. I mean, my next point is right on what Sammy's class is about. And if you're not here... You don't get to get in it. You get to ask questions. You get to make comments. You get to hear uh, the way that you can grow in situations that you struggle in. Anybody in here struggle with anything? Does anybody in here have a problem with anything in their life? Because I do. 
I'll just raise my hand and be the first one to say, you know what, I struggle with stuff. I struggle with situations in my life. But I'm going to tell you this right now. When I come here and I get to assemble, this is not the only thing that, that keeps me from uh, uh, not growing. This place helps me grow. This place is a place where I can be encouraged. If we as the body of Christ are too busy for the head of the church, Jesus, then we're doing just like the Jews did. Like we had youth Bible study yesterday. It was great. I mean, people were talking. Kids were speaking. It was awesome to see this. We had 40 people there. And we talked about how the Jews, Jesus was there. He was with them. He was telling them that, you know, God sent me. And y'all don't believe it. Are we just like that where we miss the point? Because we're too busy? We've got too much stuff going on in our lives that we forget about really what it's all about? Listen to what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12, 13-14 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. And what did Jesus say? If you love Me, you'll keep My commandments. For this is man's all. God, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. How's our time spent? Is it to bring glory and honor to the Lord or is it just going to uh, be going through the motions? Are we a good steward of our time? I love this saying. I love what Jesus tells them in verse 35. He says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. You know, gird up your waist. They had them robes on, right? And they girded them things up because they was ready to go. You think about the prodigal son. When the father was looking, he'd always look out for his son, right? And there comes his son. And what did he do? He girded up his loins and he went and got him. He was ready for him. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Do you live your life in a way that you're ready for Jesus to come back? If you're you're living in a way that you're ready for Jesus to come back, everything that you do has a purpose. You are a very important person. You're a steward. I've given you these things. What are you going to do? Look what he says in verse uh, number Uh, 42, and the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? And listen to what he says in 43. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Jesus is coming back. What is he going to find you doing? 
And I'm not saying don't do things that are fun. But is the fun way over doing God's stuff? Are we doing God's stuff? You see, Paris, they want to be over here in America. They want to be bombing us. In order for this world to change, in order for us to change as Americans, it has to happen right here and go out. And every person has to say, you know what? I'm going to be a faithful and wise steward. I'm going to do my time and I'm going to do diligently the things that I know God wants me to do. Because I want to affect everybody's life in every single way, in every single thing that I do. You don't have to go out into... Some of us can't go out into the streets and talk to everybody. But you know what? You can be such an encouragement to me. You can be such an encouragement to Willie. Willie is such an encouragement to me. Each one of us can encourage each other so much that you say, you know what, for the people who can go out and do these things at the workplace, they can change somebody's life. How's your time spent with your families? Huh, parents? Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Are we the party animal parent who's never there? I, you know, I, I wouldn't think that a lot of us in here are the party animals. Now, I used to be a party animal, but I'll tell you what. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Or are you that parent like Sammy said? Sorry, Sammy, I'm just quoting you, man. You did my lesson this morning. I'm like, I just... Mm. Do you be with your family, but not really? Are you a parent and you're just not really there because you're really doing your own thing? Do you take time to talk about godly stuff? No, we're not doing that. Like Danny said and, and Michael McClellan said, we're not watching that TV show and here's why. This is why we're not watching the TV show. Because God doesn't like whatever. He doesn't like... Uh, homosexuality, and this is why. And look at the script. Do you, do you take time to go into the Scriptures and talk about things? Do you pray with your family? Ephesians 6, 4. Uh, here you go, fathers. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. The training and the admonition of the Lord. Hey, fathers, we got a big role, man. Because it also says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. But then it also says, wives, submit to your husbands. Fathers, when we're a good leader and we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, your wife will have no choice but to say, you're an awesome husband, I love you. I love you, I, I, I'll be with you. You're the leader and I know that. 
Are we setting the examples? Are we taking time to show them what's right and what's wrong? How are we spending our time? Are we too busy? We never get the day back once it's gone. We never get it back. It's gone. I wish I would have done that. Too late. I press on to the goal. You know what? Every single day, I'm going to be better. I, was, I did pretty good yesterday. I'm doing better today, though. I'm going to do better today. I'm going to set time out to pray when I wake up in the morning. Thank you, Lord, for being so awesome and loving me so much. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another day to be able to go out and preach Christ and preach Him crucified. We all can do that. If you would, turn with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I love this because it hits it hits all of us. It hits us all. Titus chapter 2 verses 1 through 8. But as for you, Paul speaking to Titus, he says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. All right, older men, here you go. Are you taking time to do this? Be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and patience. Are you taking the time to be patient? You know, the younger men, we should be looking up to the older men. And older men, you should be the examples for us. That's awesome. God wants it that way. Older women, likewise. That they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. I'm going to say this, the older women in our congregation, are, I love them. Great examples. Thank you for what you do. But is there things that you need to improve in? That they may admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God may not be blasphemed? Younger women, are you loving your husbands? Are you loving your children? Younger women, do you love your husband? Whether he's good or bad. Do you love him? Do you pray for him? Do you want him to be better? Do you take time to do that? How's your time? We're talking about time and being a good steward of it. Have you girded your loins? Is your lamp burning? Or when the first crisis comes, the lamp trips over and your, your loins fall down and you uh, can't do it. 
Jesus is going to come back, but he'll come back later on. He'll be back later. I mean, he ain't come back in how long? 2,000 years? (laughs) He'll be back later on. Are you saying, no, he's coming back. He could come back right now. i got to make sure that what I'm doing is going to bring glory and honor to God and I'm going to pray for my husband because I love him so much and I want him to be so good. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed. May be ashamed. I can't get him. That boy is, that boy is on it. I know he loves the Lord. I see how he acts. You can't just do that just saying you're going to do it. You got to take time to do that. You got to be here. You got to be with the saints. See how God fits it all together? He's so awesome and he loves us so much. But when we don't put the things together that he's put for us to do, it don't work out. You put the puzzle together with all the pieces, right? Here's God giving us a way that we can be a great steward of our time. And when we really do it, guess what? You can see the result. Man, I'm a whole lot better in my Bible study because, man, I'm a whole lot better in my uh, way that I treat my parent, my kids and my parents and, and, and the way that I do that because, you know, we talked about that in Bible class. Boy, I love coming because I'm encouraged. I know if I was at home and I was sad and I was down and out and here I am in the dumps, I'd still be in the dumps because I didn't come and get encouraged. How do we spend our time? I want to encourage y'all. And I know a lot of us in here have have done a great job with our time and we set our time uh, great to put God first in what we do. Hey, let me encourage you something. Get better. Get stronger. Rich said it. Spiritual terrorism is here. And it's alive. And it's ready to attack. But are you ready for it? Depends on if you're a good steward or not. It really does. How are you at work? How are you... At a restaurant, how are you when somebody does you wrong? Do you take time to pray about that situation? Or do you just react on it? Jesus won't be back for a while. It's okay. I want to do fun stuff. I still got stuff I want to do. 
You mean to tell me that I got to live for God and I can't do fun stuff? I didn't know living for God wasn't fun. This is the funnest time I've ever had in my whole life. And I've done a lot of stuff I thought was really fun. But to see somebody... To see somebody say, you know what? I want to be a Christian. I I know Jesus loved me. Don't you want to see that on somebody's face? Don't you want to be a part of that where somebody would say, I want to put on Christ in baptism. You can do that. You can be a part of that. And many of you have. But the more we get, the more people that do this, the more people that understand the truth that there's one church, that there's one body, that there's one Lord, and there's one baptism, the more we can get people to understand the truth of the Bible, the more we can change the world. I'm not going to stop and say, you know what, it's too big. I can't get everybody. If the apostles said that, we never would have had it done. But Jesus encourages us and He says what? He says, uh, gird your loins up. Get them up. Get them ready. And let your lamp be burning. Because guess what, y'all? I'm coming back. Huh? Did he say that? He said, I'm coming back. <laughs> Hebrews 12.2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Will we be a faithful and wise steward when it comes to our time and what He's given us to go proclaim Him to the world, to people, to your family, to your husband, to your wife, anybody you come in contact with? I'm not saying this to get on us. I'm saying this to encourage us because we all can do this. Peter, I mean, look at the disciples, man. That's a bunch of characters, ain't it? 
You got people who doubted. You ever doubted in your life? I mean, you got people who betrayed Jesus. You got betrayed. You got a, a bunch. He put a bunch together, didn't he? And they did it. We can do it. And if you're doing it, keep doing it. Keep doing it more. And be excited about it. Psalms 25.1 says this. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. I'm going to set time in my life for you, Lord. Lift up my soul. Let me not be ashamed. You pray that. You pray that you cannot be ashamed to tell somebody or show somebody your Christianity? Or do you hide it? I pray tonight that if you are here and you are struggling with any of these things, if your time is not what it needs to be, if your family is not what it needs to be, don't be ashamed. Come up here. Let's pray. Talk to the elders. Pray. Get involved in your life. Make a change and put time for Jesus. Number one. But let me ask you this. If you're here tonight and you are not a Christian, let me tell you something. I know a man that came from heaven. (laughs) And he's big, boy. He's God. He was manifested in the flesh. And He dwelt among us. And He came for one purpose. He came to save us. He came to save you. If you're here tonight and you are a sinner, because if you're not in Christ, guess what? Your sins are not forgiven. That's terrible. Jesus loved you so much, He gave you a way to be saved. He died on a cross for you. He came to this earth, He died on a cross, and guess what? He got up. He got up. And He said to His disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and he who believes in Me and is baptized will be saved. Peter told him on uh, the day of Pentecost, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord. And guess what? Your sins are going to be forgiven. They'll be forgiven. You'll have a clean slate. And guess what? You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a pledge that when God comes back, you're His kid. (laughs) That's who I'm coming to get. If you're here tonight and you are not a Christian and you want to put on uh, uh, the Lord in baptism and you want to be a new creation or if you are here tonight and you're struggling with your time, I want to encourage you, gird your loins up, have your lamp burning 
guess what? Jesus Christ is coming back. <laughs> Be excited about it. If you want to uh, make a change in your life or you want to obey the gospel, come right now as together we stand and sing.